get rid of the sugars and the sweetened stuff, get rid of the industrial seed oil. So no corn oil, no canola, no uh, safflower, soybean oil, all these things. And they're everywhere in processed foods. And then look for quality sources of protein and quality fat. And then I think the challenge here is see what the least amount of food you need to get by during this time, you know, to kind of experiment. Because now I know the problem is we're so close to our refrigerator now. We're locked in our house. Every time you walk by, it's like, oh, I'm feeling a little hungry. Maybe I'll have a bite of this or a bite of that. That's a big challenge for a lot of people. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Let's face it. There's a really, really good chance we all need a metabolism reboot. And getting our bodies to burn fuel at an efficient rate can feel daunting and almost impossible to do. I raise my hand because I have been there. No matter what I did, I couldn't seem to turn my metabolism back on. It felt like it was set to a permanent slow burn mode and there was no changing the settings on the dial. Luckily, there is something that we can do even if you've given up hope like I did many years ago. And I invited just the expert to share how he's helped thousands of people turn their metabolism back on. Now, if you're wondering why your metabolism is so important, it's directly connected to how much energy you experience, how much cellular resilience you have, your brain function, how your gut is functioning, and even how inflammation is diminished or created inside of the body. It's so important that we're able to use our fuel and officially convert it to energy, and that is all done through metabolism. Now, Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple is joining me to talk about the best strategies for resetting our metabolism with simple changes that we can make not only in the food that we eat, but when we actually eat it. Now, I personally love how in tune he is with a lot of what I teach in my 14-day group detox program, which I only launch a couple times a year, and I happen to be launching a live group next Tuesday on May 26th. So if you've been feeling like your habits have gone to the wayside or you're looking for a massive transformation in just 14 days with incredible support and amazing group accountability, I want to invite you to join me and hundreds of detoxers who have already said yes. It's an inexpensive and easy way to upgrade your energy, your mood, your gut, and most importantly, your metabolism. Now, if you want more details because you've been thinking about it, I will have the link for the detox in the show notes for episode 192, or you can simply go to drmarisa.com slash detox. Now let's get into some simple strategies to set your metabolism up for success. But before I bring Mark onto the show, I want to quickly sing his praises. Mark Sisson is a best-selling author of The Keto Reset Diet and many other books. He presides over a ride-raging primal enterprise, including primal kitchen line of healthy condiments. He is the author of Mark's Daily Apple, and he has been featured on Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Joe Rogan Experience, People, Men's Health, and many, many publications and media outlets. And he is one of my go-to guys when it comes to understanding intermittent fasting, ketogenic diets, and all things paleo. So let's bring Mark onto the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Mark, how are you doing today? 
doing fabulous, as a matter of fact. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, I'm so glad you're doing so good. (laughs) I know we're in in the middle of kind of unknown and unrest for a lot of people, but you're feeling pretty good. Are you in Florida right now? I'm in Miami Beach, yeah. And uh, I can't imagine a nicer place to be for, for a quarantine. That's true. Well, I'm in San Diego. It's pretty nice as well. I don't know if it's as nice as Miami. (laughs) Well, I know we're going to talk about today how we can stay healthy, how we can maintain a healthy diet during this quarantine, which we seems to have no end in sight at the moment. But before we get into that, I'd love to just have my audience get to know you a little bit more, Mark. I know I've had the opportunity to meet you a couple of times, but I'd love to know that defining moment, you know, when it, when you decided that nutrition was the thing that you were going to focus on. Well, I mean, I've had that defining moment many times in my life. I started very early uh, focusing on nutrition. Like I was 12 or 13 years old, really, when I, when I thought that uh, nutrition was maybe a secret gateway to a longer life or better health or improved impor- performance. So from that early age, I, I sort of focused on ways in which I could perf- uh, perform better as a runner, first of all, because I was an endurance athlete, and then later on as a triathlete. Then later on, some of the secrets that I discovered in my research, I was able to apply to people that I was coaching. I was one of the first personal trainers in the 70s. So I applied some of that knowledge to my clients there. As I got more and more involved in research and in diet and exercise and the connection between exercise and diet and health and all of the things that we need to do to, to improve our lives and to achieve well-being, you know, I realized more and more how important uh, the diet part of that is. And, and, uh, so I really I kind of focused on that, although I certainly branched out into areas like sleep and exercise and sun exposure and play and a lot of other of those areas. But, you know, if I had one real kind of defining moment in the last several decades, it was when I turned 47 and I realized that, you know, I still had irritable bowel syndrome and arthritis and tendonitis, and I got colds and flu a lot. And I had all sorts of other maladies that um, should have gone away because I'd otherwise cleaned up my diet. I'd gotten rid of sugars. I'd gotten rid of most of the industrial seed oils. But the one thing I hadn't really addressed is grains. And so for me, that real aha moment was when I gave up grains. And I'm not a celiac, but I am certainly a person who has problems with gluten and some of those tightly wound proteins that we find in certain grains. When I eliminated grains, you know, all of my remaining maladies, shall we say, disappeared. The arthritis went away, the tendonitis went away, the IBS went away, the GERD went away, the hemorrhoids went away. I mean, it was like, it was magic. So that's really the the point at which I said, wow, you know, if this is this powerful, just eliminating one type of food for me, how powerful must it be for tens of millions of other people? And maybe it's not eliminating the food that I just eliminated. Maybe it's just discovering what doesn't work, you know, in your diet and, and how can I help you and how can I help other you know, millions of people kind of figure out what those issues are by doing what we call an experiment of one. And that kind of became the focus of, of Mark's Daily Apple and the Primal Blueprint and even right up until the point that I started Primal Kitchen and started offering foods that are that you can put on other foods that make those other foods 
taste great at least and, taste better, delicious. And, and, and better for you. Yeah. Exactly. My husband loves sauces. I just want to talk a little bit about that. So we removed, I have a autoimmune condition and found also similar to you that grains were a no go, but also eggs were a no go and sugar was a no go and dairy was a no go. So they are, they're all out. One of the things my husband has always tried to do is figure out how to make this a little slightly restricted diet that we live on more tasty. And he is obsessed with your sauces. We've got all kinds of sauces in the house because he's like, if I could just have a sauce that could make this better, you know, that just, it lights him up to be able to use the sauces. Yeah. And I got a surprise for you. We are just now in the next week or two launching our new line of egg-free mayonnaise. Oh, very um, cool. And it is spectacular. It's it's some of my favorite products that we make right now. Mm, and it's yeah, you know, avocado yeah. oil based, but, but but there are no eggs. All of our other mayonnaise up until now have used eggs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> we we always we he'll pick it up and he's just like, oh, there's oh, there's eggs. And stuff. now he can pick it up and now you can use it. Very awesome. Very cool. I love it. So, and would you say in your hierarchy, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things, you know, being outside in sunlight, having a, having fun activities, clearly you have been a trainer and you have also ran marathons and triathlons. And so movement has been a massive part of your life as well. In the hierarchy of all the things, where does food land for you? Uh, Food's probably number one. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you can't get your food right, no amount of exercise is going to burn off that stored body fat, no amount of exercise is going to improve your arthritis or your inflammation. In fact, if, if anything, as, it, as was the case with me, when my diet was pretty bad and I was still training hard, the diet made the inflammation worse. So diet has to be, you, you have to dial the diet in. And if, if I'm working with you and you know we're talking about sleep or we're talking about stress reduction or we're talking about movement, we're talking about you know, mobility, if you don't have your diet right, it's almost not worth us continuing until that part of the equation is fixed first. Hmm. I agree with you 100%. Food is foundational. It's the number one thing that I focus on here on the podcast. All those other things are super important as well. But yeah, you, you, if you don't have that foundation in place, it's, a, it's really difficult to get the rest of it locked in. Right. Now, which is not to say that, you know, you, there, I know a lot of people who've gotten the diet down and, and then don't handle sleep right or can't figure out how to deal with stress or they're not moving uh, the way that they should move. Well, I always say you can't green smoothie your way out of chronic stress. Yeah, exactly. That's good. <laughs> you can yeah. still be stressed to the nine and, and be eating as, you know, beautiful salmon and kale salad. It does, you know, it doesn't, exactly. you have to work that in too. So in this quarantine, we're all in it. And you, you and I both saw kind of the evidence in the stores of what was being purchased. Lots of processed foods, all the, all the frozen pizza was gone, all the hot pockets, you know, and a lot of grains, a lot of, you know, shelf, shelf stable foods. And the one area of the store that I found, at least in my area that hadn't really been touched was the produce. And so my guess, my concern, and I'm not sure if it's a concern of yours as well, is how, how can we educate or offer some suggestions around navigating during a time where we feel, where we maybe have bought foods that aren't going to serve us? First of all, you're in San Diego and San Diegans weren't buying produce? That it was mind-blowing. It was yeah. literally mind-blowing. The produce section is, it's still fully stocked. It has That's not crazy, ever yeah. not been fully stocked. I have not gone in there and not been able to buy broccoli or sweet potatoes right, or, right. you know. No, I had a similar experience with uh, the, in the first days of this. 
And it was interesting to see how the shelves got depleted over the first you know, week of uh, when, when it was clear that we were going to have to do something about this. Um, and I, we have a, a fresh market here and we have a Whole Foods. And, and in both cases, you go in and, and the first thing that was missing was all the pasta. So all the pasta was gone. And then there were still, you know, I, I thought, oh, my God, I'm too late to get tuna fish, for instance, canned tuna. I want to get a ton of canned tuna because I was kind of buying into the stockpiling thing, too. Plenty of canned tuna. Don't worry about it. And then I noticed that the pasta, the pasta sauces, the crackers, the breads, the biscuits, the, you know, all of the, the, the baked goods were gone. And in, even in that first week, I went in and I got like 20 pounds of steak. I'm like, I feel like, am I greedy here in my steak consumption? But for a couple of days, you could get all the meat you wanted. It was just the, those, those staple, you know, pantry things that were gone. It just, you're right. It blows my mind that that's, that's what people think they're going to hunker down with in, in the bunker when the big one hits, right? They're going to, as long as we have our pasta and our bread and our crackers, we'll be fine. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's probably the worst thing that you could eat under these stressful times. What we know about this disease is that it does not like people with metabolic issues, and it hits them very hard, and it kills many of them. If you are diabetic, type 2 diabetic, if you are overweight, obese, if you have COPD, if you have smoked, if you have vaped, and that's one of the things I want to really find out about some of the young people that have that have been having difficulty with this. Yeah, if they had had, I mean, that's the interesting thing, you know, no prior history. It's like, well, right. we don't have one until we have one. Exactly, exactly. So what we what we know about this is that if you haven't taken care of yourself metabolically, if all of your systems aren't running 100%, then you're at risk during this during this pandemic. And to me, everything revolves around what I call metabolic flexibility. So everything mm-hmm. revolves around your ability to extract energy from a number of substrates, from fat, the fat on your plate, the fat on your belly, the carbohydrate on your plate, the glucose in your bloodstream, the glycogen in your muscles, the ketones that your liver makes, if necessary, even some amino acids that are converted to glucose if the body needs that. That's metabolic flexibility. The problem is so many people are not metabolically flexible because they have access to so much sugar, so much processed carbohydrate, so many industrial seed oils that they've developed an insulin insensitivity. They've developed insulin resistance. Their blood sugar is high. They tend to store excess calories as body fat rather than as either muscle tissue or burn it off as a matter of just going through the course of the day. These are all signals that you're not metabolically flexible. If, if you are eating many meals a day and you can't get by without eating breakfast and you have to have, you know, a glass of orange juice and a bagel or a, or a pancake. Uh, if you have to have a, you know, a sandwich for lunch or a snack in the morning before lunch, all of these things are indicative of someone who's become very good at burning sugar, but horrible at burning fat. And, and those people tend to depend on sugar. And the more you give them, the more, and sugar, by the way, we can talk about not just pies, cakes, candies, cookies, sweet drinks, sweetened beverages, sweet teas, sweetened coffees, but we also talk about- All the pasta that they just bought? All the pasta, yeah. all the bread, all the crackers, all the cookies, all the things that they just took off the store shelves. And so the first thing I would do, especially during this pandemic, is I would take a look at my, my diet and I would go, okay, where can I get rid of the things that I know I need to get rid of, but I haven't yet? I mean, now is not the time 
to be assuaging your concerns with comfort food. Now is the time to hunker down and go, okay, you know, what are the, what are the healthy things that I can consume that are satisfying? But, you know, we all have plenty of time in the house. Now we can cook if we want. We're cooking every day, but we cook every day anyway. But yeah, definitely more time to cook. More time to cook. My big go-to advice would be get rid of the sugars and the sweetened stuff. Get rid of the industrial seed oil. So no corn oil, no canola, no uh, safflower, soybean oil, all these things. And they're everywhere in processed foods. And then look for quality sources of protein and quality fat. And then I think the challenge here is see what the least amount of food you need to get by during this time, you know, to kind of experiment. Because now I know the problem is we're so close to our refrigerator now. We're locked in our house. Every time you walk by, it's like, um. Oh, I'm feeling a little hungry. Maybe I'll have a bite of this or a bite of that. That's a big challenge for a lot of people. It is a big challenge for a lot of people. A dear friend of mine, she calls it, you know, focusing on three meal magic where there are no snacks in between. You know, what should a plate look like for our meals to kind of ensure that we aren't snacking? So there's a no snack rule in my house. No one, we're not, we're not, I mean, everyone gets to make that decision, but it's pretty clear that there's no snacking going down. There's no snack foods in the house. That's the main thing. Yes. So we just focus on meals that really focus on a lot of protein, good, healthy fats, good fiber, so that we feel pretty good for that next four to six hours until the next meal. Any other kind of recommendations that we should steer people towards so that we keep them from not doing those little snacks throughout the day? I mean, it's tough. Look, it's, it's, this takes some perseverance and some, uh, some focus to be able to do this, but it's a, it's a great time to experiment with that and to, and to institute that sort of a habit. Because I'm big on low-carb and keto, most of my adherents and myself included, I, I don't eat until 1.30 in the afternoon. That's my first meal of the day. Then I have two meals a day, not three. And those are two meals that are the same size each meal as most people would have three meals a day. So I eat probably one third less food uh, than most people. And I'm fine. I get by fine. I'm, you know, I have all the energy I want. I maintain muscle mass. I don't get sick. I'm going to knock on wood on that one. And, <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing is I don't get hungry. I mean, that's hunger is the big spoiler for everything. And so the, I think one of the like, challenges I would give listeners who are, who are hibernating, you know, in quarantining now is, why don't we use this time to take a look at what hunger really is for you? Like, are you really hungry or are you just bored? You know, are you really hungry or are you just like used to a habit of like it's noon, it must be time to eat something, right? And experiment with what hunger actually looks like. Right. Well, I think also hunger is a lot of emotional eating. You know, it's a lot of, we're stressed right now, stress eating, you're exhausted eating, you're about to choke your kids out eating. And there's just a lot of versions of that, that we can get ourselves caught up in. Um, so yeah, checking in, like, what are you really hungry for? Are there other swaps that you recommend? So let's say like one, we should just ask, like, what are we hungry for? Should we drink a glass of water? Maybe go and distract ourselves with a walk outside. Like I'm always trying to find distractions for people to keep them out of the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I think if you can get outside, going for a walk outside is always the best kind of thing because it not only gets you away from the refrigerator, it also gets you moving and gets you burning fat. And once you start burning fat, the energy of that process it reinforces the fact that you don't need external energy. You've got plenty of energy on you right now. And, and, then, and then the other parts of your body that were feeling down, maybe the brain was feeling a little uh, slower or sluggish, now that, that's feeling energized too. And so it's, a, it's, 
it's a quick way to energize yourself without having to take in any more calories. In fact, by, by actually expending calories. And would that help with a little bit of the metabolic flexibility you were talking about? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. The metabolic flexibility in order to achieve it, you have a couple of options. The easiest one is to cut carbs. That's the easiest way to achieve metabolic flexibility. So you cut carbs for a couple of weeks and your body adapts. Your body starts burning fat more efficiently, creating more mitochondria. It's a process called mitochondrial biogenesis, making more mitochondria. That's where the fat burns in the cell. It's less reliant on carbohydrate, on glucose. And in reducing the, the intake of carbohydrate, the body has a method of making enough glucose on its own to service the few cells that actually require glucose. And so it makes a little bit of glucose without you taking in any carbohydrate anyway. And then the magic is it starts making, the liver starts making ketones and ketones are an amazing fuel. They're not, they're not only not bad, they're excellent. They're great for you. They're, they're good for you. And that's been a big issue to overcome in the last decade because people had this assumption that you, if you were in ketosis, something was wrong, something was bad. In fact, the liver makes ketones all the time. If you skip a meal, you just, if you haven't built the metabolic machinery to burn the ketones, then the body just, you spill them out in the urine, in the breath, in the sweat. But if you've built the metabolic machinery to burn ketones, then the, the liver makes ketones and you can go all day long without eating if you choose to, or if you're forced to, and not have it be any big issue. And all this time that you're doing this, it's building more and more metabolic flexibility. This withholding of carbohydrates, again, forces your body to burn fat, forces your body to make, car- make uh, ketones, forces your body to build a metabolic machinery that burns fat and ketones. And once that machinery is in place, it doesn't go away. It, it'll go away if you spend three weeks now eating donuts again and whatever, but it doesn't go away. And so then it gives you, you don't have to go low carb forever because you did this. You've just built this machinery and now you can go back to eating healthy carbs, right? You know, like high glycemic carbs, like yeah, squash. I mean, every vegetable is basically free on the keto diet. So you get as many vegetables as you want. A lot of fruits. I mean, I'm when I'm keto, I still love raspberries and blueberries, right? That's one of my favorite things and, and very low in sugar. So it doesn't derail any of my keto efforts. But I'm not I'm not in ketosis very much. I'm I'm just low carb. I'm just like primal. You know, I have maybe 100 to 130 grams of carbs a day. Some days, other days I have, well, other days I don't eat. Some days I just don't eat at all. And other days I have one meal. And some days, that's the flexibility. That's the ability to to get energy from whatever substrate your body needs to get it from at that time and not go into hangry or not go into depression or not go into keto flu or not get kicked out of ketosis and feel like crap for four days. So that, I hear this a lot from people who are like going hard on the keto, on the keto road. And, and then they say, well, I got kicked out of keto and it, and it, and it felt horrible. It took me four days to get it back. I'm like, no, that's not flexibility. That's now you, you went from being a sugar burner to being so into the keto side that you didn't develop the metabolic flexibility, probably because as, as you were in, keep, in this keto lifestyle, you saw that you could eat a lot more calories and not gain weight. And so you did that, right? And because a lot of people go to keto and they go, oh man, I can have all the bacon I want and all the butter. In fact, I can put butter on my bacon. I can put bacon on my steak. Whoa, I'll put bacon and butter on my steak. You know, <laughs> all these things that people are doing because they, they, they think that, that a ketogenic diet gives them license to do that. 
And it doesn't. I mean, the, the ketogenic diet is basically, I use it as a tool, again, to achieve metabolic flexibility. And then I don't need to be in ketosis. I don't need to be doing this radical diet that I have to adhere to, especially if I'm eating in a compressed eating window, especially if I only eat two meals a day. And, and the time between those two meals, say from 7.30 at night to 1.30 the next day, you know, that's 18 hours. And that's when my body's burning fat, repairing damage, feeling, feeling great. You know, your body feels best when you're not eating. Your body does best. Your mitochondria are, they're happiest when you're not eating. I wanted to to speak to that metabolic flexibility. One, cutting out those processed carbs, cutting out that excess sugar, cutting out carbs for a little bit of time. I know for women, there's a little bit of working the hormones. I don't usually recommend women going drastically deep into keto for too long. I feel like other things kind of can get messed up. But the intermittent fasting is what I I really love to also advocate. So it's been that combination of the, the two. And the one thing that's consistent for you, Mark, is probably the intermittent fasting, whether it's one meal a day, or it is maybe you do a 24 hour fast, or you at least do the 16 or 18 hours. Clearly, you've worked up to that over the over the years. But have you found that to be something that can really help people with their metabolic flexibility as well? 100%. And, and, and that's the other part of this is that you can achieve this metabolic flexibility without being in ketosis, because you can do it by not eating, right? You can do it by going long, like, like, intermittent fasting or even longer term fasting. But if you haven't gone keto and if you haven't built the metabolic machinery to burn fats at a high rate and efficiently, it's a little bit less comfortable to do it that way, but you can still do it that way. My way is to stair step you down by saying, okay, we're just, we're going to use this keto as a tool for a couple of weeks. And then that'll give you the, the tools and the leeway and the, and, and the ability to go back to your your way of eating, but just skip a meal and just once in a while. And, and by skipping that meal, you will cause all of those good things to happen to the body that happen through intermittent fasting or through prolonged fasting, but they'll do it on a, on a more regular daily kind of basis. Hmm. That makes so much sense. And you're absolutely right. Probably it's easier to just kind of give up some of those carbs than versus going straight into intermittent fasting. Definitely right now, you know, as people are so close to the refrigerator and, and everything like that. But I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. Yeah. You, and you said one of the things you look for um, substitutes. Like, so I don't drink that much water, right? I just, I don't like water. I don't know why I don't get thirsty really? that you're much. Not, all right. Okay. <laughs> not a water drinker. You're not? I love sparkling water. I drink sparkling water. And it's yes. almost like, it's almost like, well, it's almost like having a beer right now, but it's almost like having a beer. You know, it's, it's or it's almost like having a soda if that's your thing. I definitely open one like I used to open a beer, <laughs> the Topo Chicos. Right, yeah, or Spindrift. You could pop pop the top on a Spindrift too. But that was a nice replacement for me. I I feel like I probably should be drinking more water living in Florida. But you know, I wrote years ago. I wrote a big piece about the hunger mechanism, the thirst mechanism, and you know, thirst and hunger work work pretty well in the human body if you can identify what's actually going on. And I realized I'm not that thirsty. When I was a marathoner and I was a triathlete, like if I want I would go on a, if a bike ride of less than two hours, I wouldn't bring a water bottle. I just didn't need one. So if it was less than a two hour ride, I was like, okay, I, I had a, something to drink before I left the house. I'll have something to drink when I get home and that'll be it. I just did not feel thirsty. I didn't, I didn't feel the need to do that. Now I'm not recommending people do that as a matter of course, just for me, it was like, it just didn't, you know, I was almost like I was forcing myself to drink water when I wasn't that thirsty. 
So now with the sparkling water, I'm kind of forcing myself because it's, it's, again, it's a little bit of a diversion. It's a little bit of a, uh, rather than walk by the refrigerator and grab something out of it on my way to do something else in the house while I'm sequestered, I just keep a bottle of sparkling water with me. I love it. I'm a big fan of sparkling water, but I do drink a lot of water as well and teas. But yeah, I mean, swap out. I, I did a little a little Facebook live or a little Zoom live with my sister and she's living with some friends and she opened the refrigerator for me. She was like telling on them and it was just Coke, soda, 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 soda. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I, I have never seen that much soda in a refrigerator. It was like mostly soda. And she's like, this is what I'm contending with. You know, she's trying to fight the urges to drink any of it. And she's like, this is just, this whole refrigerator is full of it. Now, if you had a refrigerator full of soda, if you were living with with a, a bunch of roommates and a refrigerator full of soda, would you be inclined to go to grab a soda? Me? Yeah. Personally? Yeah. I mean, I gave up soda 20 years ago. Yeah, same here. It's like, I, it has zero, there's zero attraction at all. I mean, I could, you know, look, we have access to whatever we want to drink pretty much whenever we want to drink. There's every store imaginable within, you know, walking distance of just about everybody in this country. But I, so I don't, I don't find like I'm tempted because there's soda in the, in the refrigerator that I'm, that I'm somehow tempted to, you know, to steal one and, 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 you know, go hide in a corner while, so no one can see me while I drink it down. You would have to hide. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. You would have to hide. I would oh, have to oh, hide listen, too. I, no, I've, I've gotten called out. I've been in restaurants and people said, and I like, I'll have a piece of bread. Right. And uh, I know my limits. Right. So, you know, I, I'm not like so dr- draconian about my own diet. I like to eat. I just, I make no bones about that. I put, I love great food. And every once in a while, there'll be a, a beautiful, you know, fresh, yeasty smelling piece of bread that just came out of the oven and back in the restaurant and a big pat of butter. And I'll have a bite, not a whole piece, but a bite. And I've gotten called out a couple of times by people that, Hey, that's Mark Sisson. He's get a get a photograph. He's get a photo of him eating that that roll. (laughs) Oh my goodness! So we've talked we've talked about some substitutes. So sparkling waters. We're talking about taking a taking a walk and really just trying to figure out what's going on with our hunger, decreasing those carbs. In terms of just replacing with good lots as many vegetables as you can get, I feel like the stores are restocked on that. Focusing on those healthy fats. Any anything else that we can help support the our community regarding choices that they're making? Well, so, you know, in addition to walking outside, you know, I've done a lot of work recently on what we call micro workouts, right? So yeah, tell me about that. No better place than your own house to do a micro workout because you're probably barefoot. You probably aren't wearing clothes that you mind getting a little bit sweaty. You mean the same sweatpants like four days in a row? <laughs> uniform, the house uniform, right? Only 48 hours. No, we, so do, you know, do 50 air squats, do, uh, you know, three sets of 20 push-ups. And then stop and then go about your business and go back to watching TV, CNN or whatever it is you're doing or playing on it, you know, social media. And then, you know, an hour later, whatever, geez, I got, I'm going to do another 50 year squats or I'm going to do another bunch of push ups and wor- spread your workout throughout. And it works great for a lot of people. And I'm, you know, I'm one who doesn't. I, I love the fact that I can, you know, I have a balcony so I can do kind of lean to push ups on that and, and look out and get some fresh air and then go back in the house. And, do some air squats. I have a new piece of equipment. It's called a Coba board, C-O-B-A. It's a, it's a, it's basically for building glute strength. And uh, so I'll do, you know, a bunch of uh, deadlifts on that. Trying to get that Miami booty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the Miami booty requires medical intervention, but, um, <laughs> so, but the point about the glute thing is 
you know, as a former runner and cyclist, I was the poster child for men with no asses. So uh, I do have to work on my glute muscles, uh, like probably more than most guys my age would do. I think you know you, you look phenomenal for your age. I think a lot of guys your age, we could just we could just get them to work out. That would be great. Yeah, it's a start, <laughs> yeah. right? It's a good start. I agree. We um we live on a hill overlooking the ocean in La Jolla, and so uh, three or four times a day we just walk this this hill. It's a fifteen minute hill up. And um, it's kind of our reset. And then we do these micro workouts in the house and in the gym. It just breaks up the day. And it, I love that. Are you close to the water? It's about a 10-minute walk. Okay, 10 minutes. I was going to say, because some of those hills coming up from, from the water in La Jolla, they're pretty steep. They are. You this know, one it, is. This one's yeah, very steep. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a butt kicking. Like you, I'll, I'll do calls on the hill, and I'm just you know, trying to talk to someone while I'm walking that hill. It's, it's pretty good. So I, that's the, one of the things. And it's nice. It's, it's like right now, it's gorgeous. The sun's out. It's a beautiful way to get nature, vitamin D, and then get that little workout in. Exactly. Hmm. Mark, thank you so much. You've given us so much to consider. You've given us lots of easy ways to do it. Where can we plug into you? Well, marksdailyapple.com is my blog. I've written something there every day for 14 years. The main book right now would be The Keto Reset Diet, although I have a new one, brand new one, just came out called Keto for Life. And then my book, The Primal Blueprint, is still my biggest best-selling long-term masterwork magnum opus. So if you want to really understand what I'm all about, uh, the Primal Blueprint. And then, of course, Primal Kitchen Foods. you got to look for them in uh, you know, every major uh, food purveyor across the country. These are the healthy sauces, dressings, and toppings that you can put on your food to make it taste better and have it be better for you. So absolutely Primal Kitchen. Well, my husband would agree with that 100%. Um, he just came, I just let him go. I, didn't, I don't just let him go to Whole Foods, but he, he's escaped off to Whole Foods without me and came home with a, just a gang of sauces and (laughs) (laughs) all primal kitchen. (laughs) That's good. So so be on the lookout for the, uh, the egg-free mayo. We will be. Yeah. Cause he literally was just looking at it and it was, it was a no, no, but I'm glad that anyone's coming out. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. See you soon. What I appreciated most about Mark's attitude around food is how practical he is, especially with keto intermittent fasting, and short burst movements throughout the day. It's all very doable. And that's exactly what he is touting all the way through in his books on Mark's Daily Apple, everywhere you look. I love the small hinges that swing the big doors when it comes to our health. And Mark has that dialed in. Now, if you want to learn more about Mark, clearly go check out marksdailyapple.com. And if you're like me, Check out Primal Kitchen Sauces and Condiments. My husband is obsessed with all kinds of the Primal Kitchen products, and they can be found at all stores around the nation. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the Essentially You podcast. Later this week, I'm coming back in on the Q&A Friday and answering a question that I have received by many women over the past two weeks, and that is, how do I know I need a detox? Since we've been talking so much about detoxification and estrogen dominance and even perimenopause on the show, I've had a lot of women asking me, how do I even know if my body needs a reset, if my gut needs a reset, if my liver needs a reset? And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing my go-to assessment on that Friday episode, this coming Friday episode, so that you can figure out for yourself if your body is needing a reset. 
In the meantime, if you know that your body could use some support and you want to reduce inflammation and regain cellular energy, join me and hundreds of people who have already said yes to our amazing group detox. Now this is live. That means you get me live, you get me inside of the Facebook group, you get all the videos, you get, I mean, everything that you need to create incredible success. We have got this program so dialed in because thousands of people have done it with me together for 14 full days. It is one of my favorite programs to do with you. And I'm super excited for all the people who have said yes. Now, if you have been thinking about it and you simply want to go and check it out, you can go to drmarisa.com slash detox to join or at least go and check out what it's all about. And you will save a ton of time and money over the course of the 14 days while experiencing a massive transformation. I hope to see you in the live group. If not, I hope to see you on the Friday Q&A. Until then, have an amazing day. 